Hello. Welcome to Worship Where You Are on this The Christ the King Sunday. I'm Pastor Armin here at the Visitation Pastor at Triumphant Love Lutheran Church in Austin, Texas, and welcome you. Please share your prayer requests by calling the church office and leaving a message with the church office. We thank you for sharing your offerings as well. And as well as that, we thank you for sharing your commitment cards and pledges and you can do all of that online or via snail mail if you prefer. Our focus for 2021 is forming faith from roots to fruit. This week, Benny Engelke is sharing his story of growing faith through triumphant love. Even in the most difficult of times, through this story, we see that sometimes a time of struggle grows the strongest branches. We turn now to our service, beginning with the confession and forgiveness. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, in whose image we are made, who claims us and calls us, calls us beloved, who sends us out to bear good fruit. Amen. Let us pause to confess our sin in the presence of God, and one another who are in our online community. Holy One, we, we confess, confess that, that we are not awake, awake for you. you. We, we are, are not, not faithful, faithful in using, using your, your gifts. gifts. We, we forget, forget the least of our, of our siblings. siblings. We, we do, do not see your beautiful image in one another. another. We are infected by sin that divides your beloved community. Open our hearts to your coming. Open our eyes to see you in our neighbor. 
open our hands to serve your creation. Amen. Beloved, we are God's children, and Jesus, our beloved, opens the door to us. Through Jesus, you are forgiven. By Jesus, you are welcome. By Jesus and in Jesus, you are called to rejoice. Let us live in the promise prepared for us from the foundation of the world. Amen. He is exalted, the King is exalted on high. I will praise Him. He is exalted forever, exalted in thy grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. O God of power and might, your Son shows us the way of service, and in him we inherit the riches of your grace. Give us the wisdom to know what is right, and the strength to serve the world you have made. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now I invite all the children to gather because I want to talk to you.
Hi, kids. I hope you're all comfortable, relaxed. I want you to do me a big favor today. This is what I'd like you to do for me. I have some people here, and you might know them by different names. You might think this is Shaggy, and that this is a mummy, and that this is Thelma, and that this is the castle of the pirates. What I'd like you to do today for me is to pretend. I'd like you to pretend that this is not Shaggy, but this is just a, a, a boy we're going to call Jake. And Jake is over here with his car. And this is a man that's not the mummy. We're not going to call him the mummy. This is going to be just a man who is sick. And he is by the road here. And usually you would think that this is Thelma, but it isn't. This is Pastor Danielle. And this is not a castle anymore. I want you to pretend that this is church. And here is Pastor Danielle calling people to church. So Jake says, you know what? I'm going to church because I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus. So he got in his car and he went along and he, it, whoa, be careful, don't hit that man. Went around him, went there, got to the church and just about to go in. And Pastor Danielle said, you want to be a disciple, huh? Well, didn't you forget something? He said, oh, oh my goodness, yes, I did, I did. And he went, got in his car, which is hard to do, but he got in his car and went back home, and he got his offering. So he got that, and came back, and he went, and he says, and he came back, and he says, okay, I'm ready to be a disciple. And she said again, didn't you forget something? He said, oh, oh my goodness, yes, yes, I did, I did. And he went back home. He put on a clean shirt because his shirt was kind of dirty. So he put on a clean shirt and then he got all ready and he put on uh, his nice shoes and all and he came back and he says, okay, now I'm ready. Oops, be careful, that guy. Went around and came around here. And she still said, Jake, didn't you forget something? And then he realized what it was. And he went back in his car and the man that he had been avoiding and trying not to hit was not doing very well. So he took him with him. And he said, you come with me. Together, we're going to be disciples of Jesus. That is our message that Jesus gives to us today, too. That we can't be a disciple without caring for one another and caring for those who need us. It's time to pray now. Let us pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we give you thanks that you have called us to be your disciples. Help us to love, to care, and to take care of all those who need our help. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. A reading from the letter to the Ephesians. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you 
as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that, with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. gospel for this, the Sunday of Christ the King, is from Matthew 25, beginning at verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You are accursed. Depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. 
Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now we sing. Christ the King Sunday, the last Sunday of the Christian church year. And today we reflect upon the mighty acts of God proclaimed every Sunday. We celebrate that because Christ emptied himself of the authority of God and humbled himself to the point of death on a cross. God has now highly exalted him in this parable and given him the name that is above every name. Let us pray. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Mother, our King, our Savior, help us to see you in the ways that you appear to us. Help us hear your requests, see your needs in others, and respond with what your kingdom requires. Amen. We Americans have a special partiality to the underdog. It's that way in movies, and it's kind of that way in life as well. And if that is the case, our text for this Sunday has something for us, and it is inviting, because Christ no longer appears as a small, helpless infant swaddled in a cradle, no longer the humble leader who washes his followers' feet, No longer the whipped, beaten, and bloodied man standing before figures of authority and not saying anything, not defending himself. No, the Christ depicted in our text today is one of power and might. Remembering that God is God, the wise and providential creator, the creator of all things and the ultimate concern. It is with some fear and trepidation we see our lives, our brief lives, and our issues that are not so important after all in relationship to the one who brings forth galaxies, stars, and the multi-billion year evolutionary journey of this universe. And we get a musical image of this that I think is very nice and I think you'll enjoy a lot, which is in the hymn that will be sung at the end of our worship this, this day. Blessing and Honor, hymn number 854. And I invite you to listen to it because it's a lot of effort went into it by instrumentalists and musicians throughout the state of Texas, sung by members of Lutheran churches uh, throughout Texas. And this prince, this king, is here to make things right, which is also a special partiality we have towards justice. 
We really want things to be fair, and we want those people who have done so well by cheating and hurting others to be condemned. And those who were downtrodden and condemned to be seemingly brought up and to be given power. So that those who have done so many crimes and injustices will now be punished for what they got by with. We want to make things right, to make things fair. And so, here we have them, the goats and the sheep. Frankly, I find it a little unfair that the goats are those connected with the ones who are going to get theirs. After all, the goat's head and horns are associated with the horn pentagram and with evil. When we want to place the blame on someone, it's not the scape sheet, sheep, but the scapegoat. And yet recently we've discovered that goats might even be helpful with those people doing yoga. But in this text, it seems to be saying, calling all sheep, all sheep, head this way to heaven. Thanks for feeding and clothing the poor. P.S. Sorry, goats, you're on your own. But it's clear in this passage where our Lord wants to put the reward. And aren't we glad that we're sheep? Or are we? When it comes to the final balance, I'm not sure I've got enough weight on the right side. You see, here's where the anxiety comes from. I mean, I'm probably as good as the next guy in terms of giving things. I give money to those at intersections here in Austin when I'm driving, uh, sometimes, because you just don't ever know what that $5 is going to go towards. I do give worn-out clothes and furniture to Goodwill. I give money to the ELCA World Hunger Program when it fits my budget, and I remember it. I do give weekly automatically to Triumphant Love. We do have savings at home, but we don't want to have to depend on others to care for us. But in this image of the final days, there's not a middle ground. You're either sheep or goats. And that's tough because we like to be able to present our case, to make ourselves look as good as we can, to not make it so cut and dried who goes where and who receives what. It makes me think of when I was the keynote speaker at a conference of pastors in Kingsville. Um, the, uh, the conference was on hunger and the hunger drive of the uh, American Lutheran Church at the time. On the way to the conference, I realized I really hadn't planned so well. I was living in San Juan in the Rio Grande Valley and driving to Kingsville. I realized that it was really farther away than I thought. So I had to speed up there a little bit to get there on time. And as you might suspect, a highway patrol officer noted that. I got a ticket and a summons to report to court. The citation said I could either pay the fine by mail or appear in court on May 15th. So, I wrote a heartfelt letter to the judge telling her that I was a Lutheran pastor of a small, poor congregation in the valley and I had been on my way to do a presentation on hunger to a conference of other pastors. And I got a letter back from the judge and it said, Dear Reverend Stagy, you can either pay the fine by mail or appear in court on May 15th. I was judged for what I did, 
and not for what I was thinking. Likewise, this text tells us that we are judged for what we do for the least of these, the smallest of these, the weakest of these, our brothers and sisters. Not what we think about them, not about the discussions we have about them and how poor a plight that they have to live, or not even that, be, that they are prayed for. And we find ourselves a little closer to the group of goats than is comfortable. We tend to respond this way, the way they did. Come on, Jesus, we are good people. We did not give you food or care for you when you... When did we not give you food or care for you when you were sick? Or welcome you as a stranger? Or not visit you in prison? We don't even remember seeing you. His response is simple. When you did not do these things for the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did not do this for me. And we're stuck thinking, oh, if we had only known, if we'd only known that you were the beggar, the prisoner, the stranger, believe me, we would have done it differently. But you know, the sheep said the same thing. They too ask, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or imprisoned or unwelcome or sick? They didn't know either that they were serving their Lord in the process when they cared for the least of brothers and sisters. Those acts were not necessarily special to them. It reminds me of news stories of firefighters or police officers or even strangers who see someone in distress in a car in an accident or a fire, or someone drowning, and do what they can and save the person. The media, as well as friends and family, want to label that person as a hero, as they are to them. But oftentimes you hear them saying when they're interviewed, well, I'm, I'm, I'm no hero. I was just doing my job. Or what any caring neighbor would do. Their acts came from within. But we aren't just talking about you and me here and how we treat what Jesus calls the least of these, our sisters and brothers. The text says that the nations are called together. In other words, there's a, a word of urgency for our nation, for our society, for our people. The best way it can be expressed, as I see it, is from a quote uh, attributed to Mahatma Gandhi. He said, the greatness of a nation can be judged by how it treats its weakest members. For several years, I played taps here in Austin at a memorial service that Caritas of Austin holds for those homeless people who have died in that year. It was 184 last year, and it grows every year. And sometimes there are friends and family there also, and they talk about the person that we're remembering that was their brother or sister or mother or father or aunt or uncle. And they'll say something about them being remembered that they were a cherished brother, son, sister, successful business person, a soldier, a police officer, and now they died in the most dishonorable fashion. If we had only known. As a matter of fact, I sometimes wonder 
if I let my hair down, you see, for me, hair cutting is not an essential service, so it's growing pretty long. But if I would let that hair down and wear dirty clothes and kind of dirty my face, if I would stand by the side of the road and someone would see me and say, oh, you're Pastor Armin. You're a visitation pastor at Triumphant Love Lutheran Church. I doubt it. So the judgment is clear. It is about me and my choices and where I see Christ on earth, where I see Christ around me. It's about how my country, my society cares for those who need care. We have just recently completed the process of choosing a new leader of our country. And whether you're happy about who that is or not, God's choice for his kingdom is one where all are cared for. If the direction we're taking does not take into account those who need help, those who are weak, those who are alone, then we're going in the wrong direction. Because you see, as big an issue as this is for many of us, the Bible never talks about going to heaven, going to a place. The prayer our Lord gave us does not say, let us get to your kingdom. No, it says, let your kingdom come. And when the weakest people are cared for, then we're seeing the kingdom of God come among us. Maybe if we're asking what we need to do to get to heaven, we're asking the wrong question. Maybe the question ought to be, how can I serve my brother and my sister, or especially the least of my brothers and sisters? A question not of what the end times will be like, as Jesus never focuses on, but rather, what ought I to do now, right now? Where do we see Christ today, now? And you might think about that this week as you go about living your lives with the constrictions we have and yet seeing Christ in those who are near and those we don't really know about having a different framework. And here's the good news. As anyone in my confirmation class will tell you, I hope, that Martin Luther's greatest complaint of the Roman Catholic Church of the time was intimating that we could do something to put us in a better relationship to God, that we could somehow earn our salvation. But as such, we would then forget that God is the first actor, that God's grace and love come to us even before and without anything we have done to earn it. Let us remember to not get this out of order. We see our brother and our sister and care for them, not because it will gain us anything, but because the love of God is so great, it can't be contained, and we have to share it. This year during Lent, we used the book of Barbara Brown Taylor, uh, An Altar in the World, as a meditation and message guide for us. She tells a story about how when she was in seminary, she prayed to God and asked what she should do with herself. She prayed and prayed and asked and asked and did that often. And then she said she felt that God told her, do anything that pleases you and belong to me. 
Now you could say that's a risky response because what if you wanted to hurt others or steal from someone? Or what if you wanted to just party all the time? Knock yourself out. Clearly this is not what this response means. The message is not believe in me and act like a goat. Instead the message is this. If you love God, if your values are God values instead of the world's values, if Christ actually is king, then you will love as God loves. You will give as God gives. You will forgive as God forgives. If your values are God values, you can't help but live as Christ taught. It becomes a reaction rather than a payment. Those who have died to sin and live in Christ in this world are not waiting for some future world or life. The good works aren't just doing good things for others. It is living a life of mercy and seeing Christ in all. It's easy for us to see God in a fantastic sunset at the oasis, if you will, or while watching a touching movie or listening to wonderful music. It's another thing and what the Son of Man refers to in this parable, to see God in another human being who needs us in many different ways. But that is the kingdom of God. In us, the believing community, the worshiping community of God, it is realizing that we are not the only holders or keepers of God's presence, but that that presence may well be outside our walls, the walls of our culture, of our race, or even of our church. God is already out there. What does that mean we're going to have to do? Or called to do? I don't know. It will be different for each of us. I don't know what I will do when I see Christ in the neighbor who voted unlike myself. Or who worships differently than I do. Whose values are different from mine or is dressed differently than I. I trust that the mercy, the love that I have received will express itself in mercy that I show to another. Because there is grace for us, unconditional love. But because there is an unconditional love, it does not mean that there's still not the question, what did you do? The real point is not the theological lesson that God is hiding. The real lesson of this parable today is an invitation for you and me to see God, to seek God, to respond to God when God is found, not only in the beauty of sunset or mountains or oceans or the birth of a baby or the bounty of nature, not only find, finding God in those obvious places, but also in the faces and places of suffering people. So our response will not be, if I had only known, but rather, yeah, we know. Amen.
Let us pray. Loving God, we rejoice that you have blessed us beyond measure. Your love and your gifts are unending. Guide us to pray with the expectation that through our heart's gratitude, others might know of your goodness through us. Loving God, we come to you giving thanks that Jesus has modeled for us exactly what we need to know to enjoy a full and abundant life. Jesus instructed us to love one another as we love ourselves, to care for the hungry and thirsty, the stranger, the unclothed and unsheltered, the sick and the prisoner. We ask that you move us from being merely readers of the word to being lively participants in our aching suffering world. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Loving God, we know that there are people around the world, indeed right here in our city, who have urgent needs. May, we, may they feel your comforting presence. Open our eyes. Inspire us and direct us to, create, to find creative, compassionate ways to respond to those in need. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Loving God, make us alert to God's calling. Strengthen our faith as we live through a new kind of anxiety, one that frustrates us and challenges us in the midst of tragedy and sorrow. May the gift of the Holy Spirit soften our hearts to the social injustice of the world, our country, our community, and everyday life. Calm our hearts so that we may live with the joy you intended for all humankind. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Loving God, there but for your grace go I. Help us to see Christ in the least of our brethren. Give us wisdom to make choices that benefit the least among us, and let us unite around the common good, mercy, and justice. May your love sustain us. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Loving God, hear the prayers of joy and concern we bring before you now. We lift up prayers of thanksgiving for our triumphant love ministry, especially for our women's devotion group, for the Steens family upon the adoption of Bella, for all veterans who have served our country with courage through the years, especially those in this congregation who we honor today. And we pray for healing for those who mourn and for those who bear the scars of war, both physical and mental. We pray for those in need of healing, especially David, Myron, Joel, Barb, and Laurel. Those in treatment for cancer, especially Lene, Doug, Julie, Bob, and Barbara. We pray for those on the front lines of battling COVID-19, especially those in El Paso, for those who mourn the loss of loved ones especially those we name in our hearts. Hear us, O God. 
your mercy is great. Loving God, help us to keep the light of your love burning brightly within us so that we may share your joy with all. Amen. Now may the peace of Christ be with you always. Please share the sign of God's Christ's peace today and throughout the week with one another. If you have a cell phone, even text someone. Do that. Share that peace throughout this week. Before we hear our Forming Faith from Roots to Fruit Temple Talk, a gentle reminder to complete and return your own commitment card as you make your plans for how you will grow your faith in our ministry this year. I was born in 1941 in Austin and grew up attending church nearly every Sunday at St. Martin's Lutheran Church which was then located next door to the Capitol building before moving to its current location. I was baptized and confirmed at St. Martin's, and I have memories of my dad ushering at St. Martin's and ringing the church bell on Sunday before the service. These rituals rooted me in the Christian tradition and our Lutheran heritage. Family and serving others also rooted me as I grew up. My dad worked for the city of Austin and upon retirement, helped my mom at the daycare she operated at our home. For th she provided three meals a day for each child, playtime, study time, where she taught them how to read and write, and a bath and a nap. Many of the parents of the children would call or come back to visit my mother and dad years after their children were grown, because they had been so influential in forming them as people and they still cared so much about my parents. My wife Darlene and I were married in St. Martin's Lutheran Church in 1964 and transferred, I transferred to Faith Lutheran Church where Darlene was a member. I ushered and served on the church council at Faith Lutheran. Then in 2006, we transferred to Triumph and Love Lutheran Church after hearing several comments from our daughter Jennifer and her husband Sam about the beautiful worship here. Unfortunately, Darlene passed away in 2014, six days short of our 50th anniversary after a 20-year battle with cancer and leukemia. Since we had been very close over the 50 years, I felt an extreme loss and attended a 13-week session of the Grief Share classes being held the first year after Darlene's passing. I have assisted each year ever since in helping lead the class and this moved me to a new place in my faith as I was nourished and supported by helping others who were going through the grieving process. As both a participant and a leader, I have witnessed firsthand how the ministry of TLLC is bearing good fruits in our community, not to mention seeing it to the, through the, do the same through the involvement with the Endowment Committee Charitable Giving and the Child Development Center outreach in the surrounding neighborhood, assisting with confirmation class, cooking and baking to help others, and participating in the choir's contribution to worship. I believe that it is so important to support our church's activity with our time, talent, and treasures because our many individuals, that is how they connect with church and with God. I believe we need to love others without judgment 
obey God's timing, even though it may not be what we like, and most importantly, worship God with a thankful heart. God has had a hand in my life, and it continues to form my faith from roots to fruits. Your continued support of our ministry during this unprecedented time is greatly appreciated. You can mail in your offering or use this time to set up online giving. Simply go to tllc.org and click on the Give tab. Or use our Give Plus text feature to give your offering digitally. Simply text the amount you wish to give to 512-357-7693 and then follow the secure payment instructions. Let us pray. God of all goodness, generations have turned to you, gathered around your table, and shared your abundant blessings. Number us among them that as we gather these gifts from your abundance and give thanks for your rich blessings, we may feast upon your very self and care for all that you have made. Through Jesus Christ, our sovereign and servant. Amen. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Lift up your hearts, we lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, to our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks. He gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. By your spirit, nurture and sustain us with this meal. From our faith, from roots to fruit, make us into one through your Son. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, we pray as Jesus taught. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Please partake of the and share the bread and the wine with those who are gathered using the words, the body of Christ given for you 
for the bread and the blood of Christ shed for you, for the wine. Those not receiving communion may receive a blessing instead. God is my strong salvation. 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 What foe have I to do? What foe have I to fear? God is my strong salvation. God is my strong salvation. What foe have I to fear? What foe have I to fear? God is my strong salvation. God is my strong salvation. What foe have I to fear? What foe have I to fear? God is my strong salvation. God is my strong salvation. What foe have I to Jesus, in this simple meal, you have set a banquet. Sustain us on the journey. Strengthen us to care for the least of your beloved children. And give us glad and generous hearts as we meet you on the way. Amen. May the God of all creation, in whose image we are made, who claims us and calls us beloved, who sends us to bear good fruit, give you reason to rejoice and be glad. The blessing of God, sovereign Savior and Spirit be with you today and always. Amen. We sing number 854 with the large choir, the Texas Lutheran Choir.
A reminder that we have no Sunday school today. Next Sunday, Advent begins. So get out your Advent wreath and dust it off for your home altar, if you have one. If you don't, perhaps this would be a good year to buy or to make one for you to worship where you are. And now go in peace, bear good fruit. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to our message today. We are Triumphant Love Lutheran Church and are affiliated with the Southwest Texas Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. We are located in Austin, Texas. You can follow us on our website, www.tllc.org. We look forward to you seeking us out as our podcasts progress and further episodes are added. You have a great day, and may the Lord be with you.